Well, good morning, everyone. It is great to see you this morning. Thank you for being here to worship with us at the Vista. We're really glad to see you. I'm happy, as always, to celebrate baptism and new life in Christ during all four of our morning services. We're going to do that again next week as well. Um, So always an exciting time of year. Thank you guys for that. We're starting a new uh, series this morning called Grateful. And during the month of November, as we gear up to Thanksgiving, we're going to be talking about the importance of gratitude and just being grateful, thankful people. There's a couple reasons why I wanted to do this series, all right? Um, I've never done a series on Thanksgiving and gratitude. I've preached sermons on Thanksgiving and gratitude before, uh, usually around the holiday, but I've never done a series on it. We're going to do four weeks on gratefulness, on, on gratitude. And the two reasons are, number one, um, 2020 is an easy year to hate, right? You hear it all over the place. Everyone's like, that's the most 2020 thing ever when something bad happens. It's easy to just be negative and focus on the negative. I mean, it's been a hard year. It's been an awkward year. It's been a difficult year. Everything's been disrupted in a way uh, that, that none of us has ever really experienced. Some people lost their jobs and their livelihoods. Many have lost their lives. Many have gotten really, really sick and It's just been a really hard, difficult, sort of awkward year. And again, it's easy to focus on the negative and focus on the bad. And yet, we're going to look at some texts this morning that show us that as God's people, we should always be grateful, always be thankful, as Paul says, in all things, in every circumstance, right? There's not a little caveat for, you know, except in years where there's a global pandemic, right? There's not a a caveat in the text that sort of gives us an out to not be grateful people that we should indeed be grateful all the time. We just sang a song about it. You are good. You're good. And like, those can't just be words from our lips, right? And so we want to focus on what it means to be grateful, even in the midst of a difficult season and a difficult year. The other reason that I want to do a series like this is, quite frankly, because I believe that Thanksgiving is the most overlooked holiday of all of the holidays, right? I mean, Thanksgiving is like, we're just kind of in a hurry to get to the bigger, better holiday that's like a month later. So what happens is we all, like Halloween is awesome. Everybody, kids get to wear their costumes and we decorate. I've driven through some neighborhoods and there's like yards full of, you know, ghosts and goblins and spiders and zombies. And we get excited, give out candy. We did a big event called Trunk or Treat. Man, we just love Halloween. My kids, my kids love Halloween. My little man, he was like dressed up as like five different things. Like Halloween is awesome. But now what happens is we put all the Halloween stuff up and what do we do? We get out the Christmas stuff, don't we? Let's be honest. Show of hands, how many of you already have some Christmas decorations up in your house, right? Some of you are lying, but I see hands going up, right? I'm guilty as charged. My wife has already drug out two Christmas trees and lit those things up, right? And it's like, we just can't wait for Christmas, and we just kind of skip right over Thanksgiving. Um, I joked with someone after the first service. I said, it's like in Home Alone where Macaulay Calkins got, there's so many siblings that he just, he just gets forgotten. Like Thanksgiving is the Macaulay Calkin of holidays, right? It's just that holiday. Even my reference is a Christmas reference, right? I'm just, I'm proving my point, right? Christmas is a big deal and Thanksgiving's like, eh, let's, you know, let's, let's have some turkey and have a day off and watch the Cowboys, right? And so that's Thanksgiving and it just this conviction deep in my soul is that we need to spend a little more time on Thanksgiving. So this week, for the next four weeks, we're going to focus on Thanksgiving and gratitude together. And uh, I hope that you really lean into this. Um, this morning, we're going to jump around a lot. We're going to throw up all of our text on the screen, and I'm going to have to roll through them really, really quickly just because of time. 
So you can jot them down if you want to look at them later and just follow along. But some big overarching points that are really going to set the stage for our entire series, all right? Um, The first one of those is simply this, that as you look in Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, what you're going to see is that gratitude or thanksgiving is always a mark of those who belong to the Lord. Gratefulness is always a mark of God's people, okay? So we'll look at some texts in a little bit in Psalms, some of the Old Testament texts, but I can give you just a few as you go through Paul's letters in the New Testament. In every single letter Paul writes, he speaks of, he mentions gratefulness and thanksgiving to the churches. I'll just show you a few of those in Ephesians chapter 5, for example. Paul, if you've read any of his letters, one thing you'll notice is Paul is a list guy. What I mean by that is Paul's constantly like just giving his followers lists of things, um, contrasting different things. And so Galatians 5, for example, he talks about the acts of the sinful nature, and he, he goes through all this really bad stuff that should not be a part of your life, followed by the fruit of the Spirit, which is a list of all the really good stuff that should be a part of your life. And over and over and over, you'll see Paul give out these lists. Here in Ephesians 5, I just found this interesting, he gives a list beginning in verse 3. But sexual immorality and impurity or covetousness must not be named among you as is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking, which are out of place. And so he gives this brief list of some stuff you should not do or things that should not be in your life. And you would expect now a list of things to do. Instead of these things, here's your next list, but there's no list. He basically says, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. That's, that's literally the end of the thought. Let there be thanksgiving. There's no, there's no list. A little bit later, down in verse 20, he says, Give thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Over in Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 and 17, Paul again says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which you indeed were called in one body and be thankful. Verse 17, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 simply says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And I could go on and on and on and on in Paul's letters and show you that in every single church, Paul says, hey guys, This is what your attitude should be. You should be thankful. You should be grateful. And I would remind you that the people Paul is writing to, more often than not, were under some significant persecution and hardship. And yet, he still writes every letter and he's like, be grateful, be thankful in everything, in all situations and all circumstances, okay? Thankfulness is always a mark of God's people. As a pastor, I often will get asked in one way or another, Dave, what is it that God wants from my life? What is it that God wants me to do? And usually when someone asks a question about what God wants you to do or what God wants from your life, the answers are um, things like, well, pray, you know, read your Bible, go to church, love your neighbor, love your spouse. The responses tend to focus on actions. The responses tend to focus on actions. Do these things. But as we've talked about before, God is not just after the actions, he's also after your heart, right? God is after your heart. So the attitude of your heart in those actions is really, really important to God. You can do all of the right actions and have completely wrong motive for doing them. 
If you remember, Jesus talked to the Pharisees, the religious leaders of his day, and they did all the right actions. I mean, they were, they were good at all the actions. They were good at all the to-do lists. The problem is what Jesus said is, man, your hearts aren't in it. Your motives are all wrong. So it's not just the actions that God wants from us. It literally is the attitude of our hearts. And thankfulness, thankfulness gets at the attitude behind the action. Thankfulness and gratitude is literally the attitude of the heart that Paul speaks of. And it's always a mark of God's people. Now, if that is true, what you also see is the opposite of that is true. A lack of thanksgiving, a lack of gratitude is always a mark of those who do not belong to the Lord or the Bible calls them the ungodly. Several places, all through Scripture, again, a lack of gratefulness, a lack of gratitude is a mark of those who do not know the Lord. And so I'll give you a few examples in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Romans 1 is a, um, it, it's a, it's a text where Paul is just laying out the depravity of man, the sinfulness, the fallenness of man in Romans 1. And here's what he says in verse 21. It says, for although they, that's mankind in general, Although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. They, were, they did not give thanks to him. They, a failure to give thanks to God, okay? Over in 2 Timothy, over in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, Paul says, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Have I mentioned that Paul likes lists, right? Look at the next thing he says, ungrateful and unholy. A failure to give thanks, a lack of gratitude is always in the lists of those that do not belong to God and in the list of sins. And so what happens so many times is when it comes to recognizing depravity and sinfulness, we often focus on on actions, don't we? We often focus on those sins of commission. Sins of commission, those acts. So we think, man, yeah, uh, depravity means like murder and lying and gossip and I mean, all the, all the bad actions. But what Paul's gonna say is, it's not just the actions that speak to our fallenness, it's also the sins of omission. It's those things that we know we should do, but we fail to do. When we fail to love and we fail to be kind and we fail to be grateful that really speaks to the depravity and the fallenness and the sinfulness of mankind. And so it's not just sins of commission, it's sins of omission that are important. So gratitude is a mark of those who belong to the Lord. A lack of gratitude is a mark of those who do not. Now, as I was preparing for this message this week, um, I wanted to just kind of even get real practical and I started looking through. There's tons of research on gratefulness and gratitude. In fact, uh, there's a lot of health benefits to gratefulness and gratitude. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I'm not sure about church and I'm not really sure about this whole Jesus thing and my friend drugged me here and I don't even know why I'm here and you've got all these questions. Okay, that's fine. I'll even tell you that just, just for your well-being and your good, gratefulness and gratitude is good for you. Uh, you can actually Google health benefits of gratitude or gratefulness and you'll get all kinds of information Numerous studies that have been done by Harvard and Yale and Duke and psychologists and medical journals and physicians about how gratefulness and gratitude, living a life of thanksgiving and gratitude is unbelievably just good for you in just about every way. I'll give you a few of those, right? So gratitude has been proven, it's been proven to improve 
your physical health in a number of different ways. Living a life of gratefulness and gratitude. Number one is it helps if you're a grateful person, you tend to sleep better. And every physician on the planet will tell you that sleep is really important to a healthy life. You need to get really good sleep. Just being grateful can help improve your sleep. It can help with fewer aches and pains. It can help with quality of life. And it's been tied to longevity of life. Just simply being a thankful, grateful person, the attitude of your heart, being grateful, can help you physically in a number of different ways. It's also been uh, gratitude improves psychological health in a number of ways, all right? There's numerous psychological journals and reports and studies that have been done. Uh, Gratitude increases self-esteem. It increases happiness. It's been shown to increase happiness in people. It reduces things like anxiety and stress, envy and resentment, anger and regret. Just being a grateful person can reduce all of that stuff in your life, being grateful. Gratitude has also been shown to improve resilience. So we've talked before about, listen, we live in a broken, fallen world, and there's going to be difficult seasons of life. Some of you have been through that. Some of you have gone through that. And sometimes you, you, you look at other people that have gone through a difficult season, and you're like, man, how do they get through that? How do you make it through those difficult times? Man, being someone that has just a grateful spirit, a grateful attitude, can improve your resilience during difficult seasons of life that will come your way. On a number of levels, gratitude improves psychological health. Gratitude improves relational health. Numerous relational studies show that being a grateful person leads to more relationships, newer relationships, longer relationships, and healthier relationships of all kinds. And the reason is, if you think about it, it's pretty simple. Like, people just like to be around grateful people. I mean, think about for you. Wouldn't you rather be around someone that, like, appreciates you, is thankful for you, what you do, what you provide, who you are? They let you know how grateful they are for you. Don't you just want to be around those kind of people instead of someone that, say, pays no attention and takes everything you do for granted, right? I mean, if you're a thankful, grateful person, you'll probably have more friends, That's what the studies show. So all of this kind of put into one. There's something psychologists call the gratitude theory. Uh, Gratitude theory, it's it's kind of um, some wording used differently in different places, but essentially it takes all of the things I just talked about, puts it into one big kind of concise theory, and essentially it's the theory that gratitude moves people to experience more positive emotions, to thoroughly enjoy good experiences, to better their health, face adversity, and develop and maintain relationships of strength, which in turn make a person happier. In so many ways, just being a grateful person is really good for you. And so as I thought about all of this this week, about how good being thankful is for you as a person, I was just reminded really about the, the, the splendor and the beauty and the majesty and really the sovereignty of God. Because basically God, who wired us together, he knit us together. He, he created us and breathed life into us. He wants gratitude from us as his children. But it just so happens that something God wants from us also just happens to be really good for us, right? Something God wants from us just happens to be something that is really good for us. And so a line that we've used in regards to giving and generosity, we've preached on giving and generosity and said, Hey, it's not just that God wants something from you, it's what God wants for you. It's something God wants for you. The same is true of gratitude. 
It's not just something God wants from us, but it is something that God wants for us. It literally is good for us. And yet, what I want to kind of end with is a simple fact that while all of those things are true, all of those health benefits, all of the ways that it is good for you, I think that's great. Maybe again, maybe you're here and you're like, I don't care about the spiritual side of it, but if it's good for me, you know, maybe it'll motivate you to live a life of gratitude. For those of us that follow after Jesus, for those of us that that love the Lord, all the health benefits and the ways in which it's good for us is never the primary focus or the primary aim of our gratefulness. The primary aim of our gratitude, the primary focus of our gratitude is that it brings glory to God. Our gratefulness, our thankfulness, it literally fuels our worship. Gratefulness and thankfulness fuels our worship. I want to look at some text in Psalms with you real quick, and I want you to see how closely um, praise and worship is connected to gratitude and thanksgiving. Um, I've never really caught this connection before, but I was reading through the Psalms, and I just, it just dawned on me over and over and over again, they're literally right by each other. Worship and praise, gratitude and thankfulness, even in some of our most popular Psalms. I would remind you that Psalms is essentially a worship manual. It's an ancient worship manual of songs that were sung in worship to God. And so uh, some of these, um, we can look over at uh, Psalm 69, verse 30. In Psalm 69, verse 30, the psalmist writes, I will praise the name of God with a song. The very next line, I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Praise him with a song, magnify him with thanksgiving. A very popular psalm, Psalm 100. Some of you are familiar with parts of this one. Maybe the whole thing. It's really short. I'll read the whole thing. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. And we do that every single week, right? We sing every single week because it's deeply biblical for God's people to sing and praise and bless his name. And so we sing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It's he who made us. We are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Verse four, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. Again, thanksgiving alongside of praise and worship. They just go hand in hand. Over in Psalm 118, verse one, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Then that same chapter, verse 28, you are my God, I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. There's the worship and the praise again. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And just so we don't leave out some of the New Testament, again, I'll take you back to Paul's writings and show that he connects the same thing. He connects worship and praise with Thanksgiving. Um, over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. Uh, Paul writes, For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving. Why? To the glory of God. We increase thanksgiving. Why? So we can feel better about ourselves? No. We increase thanksgiving because it brings glory to God. It is worship to God. One more text, Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. We looked at the verses on either side of this while ago. Again, Paul connects song and thanksgiving. 
He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. Literally, being grateful, being thankful people, it fuels our worship. It fuels our worship. One thing we've talked about here before is this. You were created by God to be a worshiper. You were created to be a worshiper. And we worship God in a lot of different ways, through song, through the way we live our lives, the choices we make, um, through our actions, through our, the attitude of our hearts. I mean, we worship God in a number of different ways. And I know many of you, man, no matter what you do for a living to earn a paycheck and to pay your bills and your extracurricular hobbies and interests, all of that is a part of your life. But make no mistake, you were created by God to be a worshiper. You're going to worship something with your life. You're going to worship something. And so this is just amazing to me that like, if you want to be a better worshiper, if you want to be better at the very thing for which God designed you, one simple thing we can do to be better worshipers is just to be grateful people, to be thankful, to have a heart and an attitude of gratefulness and thanksgiving, even in the midst of difficult seasons, because it blesses God. It honors God. It's worship to God. I was thinking about this this week, um, how God sees us as he's a father and we are his children. And um, I have three boys. And like all kids, like all of us, like we just don't sort of roll through our day being grateful for everything that we probably could or should be grateful for, right? Like my kids don't like thank me every day for making them every meal or prepare. They don't, they don't, I don't drop them off at school and they just go, thank you, Father, for the ride to school today. And thank you, Father, for picking me up. Thank you so much for making me a, a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich today. Like they just, maybe your kids do that and I'd like to get some notes from you on how you get your kids to do that, right? But that's just not, no, we didn't do it either. I didn't do it growing up. Part of it's because I didn't even understand all of the stuff my parents did for me. You often don't understand that until way later in life. And so we just kind of go through life and we're not always grateful for everything thing. But I'll tell you this, on the occasions where my kids are grateful, when they, when they say thank you, when they thank me for something that I have done for them, it just kind of brings a smile to my face and it just kind of blesses my heart a little bit, right? Now, to be clear, I don't love my kids any more or any less based on how many times they tell me thank you. I love them because they're my kids, right? I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter if they never say, I'm still going to love them because they're my kids, But when they say thank you, it just kind of warms my heart, puts a smile on my face, right? And it often motivates me to go, I I want to do more for them. I want to continue to bless them. So think about this as God sees us as his children. And we don't always say thank you for everything God does for us, quite honestly, because we aren't fully aware of all that God continues to do for us, right? But I think that when we decide we're gonna be grateful When we decide we're going to say thank you, we're going to bless God, God's not going to love you any more or any less based on how many times a day you say thanks. God loves you because you're his child. You're his child. He loves you as much right now as he's ever going to love you. But I think when we live lives of gratitude and gratefulness, I think it just kind of warms the heart of God and puts a smile on his face. And I think it sort of motivates God to go, you know what? I want to continue to bless. I want to continue to give because they're grateful people right? And so make no mistake, we as God's people should be marked by thankfulness and gratitude. 
And there's a lot of health benefits to it, but the primary reason, our primary aim in gratefulness and thanksgiving is not our own benefit, but it's because it brings glory to the God that we serve and worship. Let's pray together this morning. Father, um, I know that I speak for probably just about everyone in here um, when I say that, God, we have not always been as grateful as we probably should be, that there are so many things we take for granted. And so, God, I just pray that you would help us um, to be more grateful people. Help us to be thankful, deeply thankful. God, I pray that, um, that ultimately our thanksgiving would just fuel our worship and our praise. God, that as we step into here week in and week out and we worship you in song, I pray we would remember how closely tied our songs are to the attitude of our heart that should be overflowing with gratitude and gratefulness for what you have done for us. And so, God, I confess I need grace for that. I need grace for that. So, God, would you help us to just be grateful people? I pray, Father, that gratefulness and gratitude would be a mark of our lives because we belong to you. And I pray that it would warm your heart and put a smile on your face. We thank you today for Jesus. We thank you for the cross, for your great sacrifice for us, which we cannot earn and do not deserve. For it today, we say thank you. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.